Hello, and welcome to Mayor's Minutes with Mayor Neil Perry. Sitting in for the mayor this evening is Jack Wilson. I'm happy to be here and extend the apologies to the mayor who had a last-minute unanticipated conflict and couldn't join us uh, uh, for the show today. Um, very excited about the opportunity to share the stage today with our special guest, uh, resident uh, of, of the city of Methuen, a uh, very active young entrepreneur by the name of Shadi Cassis, and I'm, uh, we're going to spend quite a few minutes talking with him about uh, his time here in Methuen as a business person and, and uh, all elements of, of, of Methuen life. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to do my best to fill in for the mayor, though I think we can all be assured that at the conclusion of this hour, the mayor's job will be secure as host of this uh, mayor's minutes uh, for, for, for the time being. And uh, I'm thr- thrilled that Jay Leno wasn't available to fill in and give me this opportunity today. So again, welcome everyone. Um, I want to do what I think that just to begin what the mayor typically does and and deal with some of the more serious um, side of the the business of of leading the city that he has to undertake. And uh, the top priority for him has been for the last two years now, close to two years, has been the pandemic. So with that, I'll probably queue up um, the slides to go over um, the latest numbers here in Methuen, and we'll actually look at a, a few broader numbers to put things in perspective for, for you folks in the audience. Um, and we can flip to the first slide, if we may, and give you some of the news. The good news is uh, that we are in the, uh, in the peak response to the holiday gathering. So any gatherings that occurred uh, as a result of Christmas and New Year's, uh, we've come, in, uh, come up against those peak times, and most vaccinated individuals are experiencing mild symptoms if they've been diagnosed or otherwise have, have uh, uh, COVID. Uh, schools are opened, weathering the storm despite staffing impacts, and we're reading all about that, not just unique to Methuen, but throughout the state and other areas of the country. Uh, and uh, I know the mayor wanted to express his gratitude to uh, an appreciation to the hardworking folks at the Methuen Public Schools, parents, teachers, students alike, for all that they have done to, to fight through this, this plague. Um, as it is, the positive cases are down from uh, 1,902 to 1,064 week over week to this week. So that's a positive sign, and we hope, obviously, we all hope and pray that that trend continues. Um, out of the new positives that were, that were diagnosed, 195 were vaccinated. So again, the numbers are, are going up, but we need to work hard, and we'll see some numbers later on about vaccination rates and booster rates. Um, the not-so-good news is that, that the rate does seem below, it, do, it does remain below the state level, and we're going to look at some of those numbers and, and it, as we go through the slides. And unfortunately, uh, we had to withstand uh, the loss of, of, of nine residents this week due to the disease. So uh, while the numbers are going down, uh, any, any single death or casualty is, is an unfortunate one that we want to see go away um, as soon as possible. We go to the next slide. This just gives a, distrib- a distribution of, uh, by, by gender, uh, as to the uh, as to the to the COVID nineteen infection and and uh, women uh, almost probably close to the rate of population uh, are, are uh, a higher rate of of, of uh, positive tests than uh, positive cases than than men. Um, that's not unsurprising, and it's been pretty much consistent through the pandemic. Um, next slide. This is a, a look at the age, uh, the distribution of of infections by age, and this is worth taking a moment because of. The very dramatic number at the bottom, the blue bar, is uh, that those are those are uh, residents who are under the age of, of 19, uh, and that number is 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 way too high. Uh, it's one of the uh, elements of the disease that we've seen really become pronounced during the Omicron surge, and we want to make sure that we do uh, everything we can in the CDC and the health 
public health officials throughout the country are doing what they can to make sure we're dealing with this, not just in terms of the most vulnerable at the, at the older um, age range, but also down to our youngest. Uh, and, and, and in both cases, they are the most vulnerable of all our citizens. But you'll see that we've, uh, in the 70-plus range, the, the uh, uh, confirmed cases, uh, 995. This is cases overall um, in, uh, from age 60 to 69, 1,353. Uh, as we go younger, ages 50 to 59, 2,169. 40 to 49, 2,257, 20 to 29, 2,630. The age group 30 to 39 is approximately 2,800. It's not listed on the chart. And again, the youngest group. So this just gives you a distribution, a snapshot of the distribution each time we've had a strain that we've had to deal with, the Omicron being the most recent, it's affected young people. So we want to make sure that we continue to do, and all of you do what you've been doing, to safeguard yourselves against the disease and, and continue to adhere to all the rules and, and recommended regu- uh, uh, procedures and guidelines that from the CDC and the State Department of Public Health. We can go to the next slide. Um, this is the number of new cases reported as of for the week as of Wednesday, January 19th. And you'll see that um, the, for the age group, 53 new cases uh, for 70 and older. And as you go down, you'll see 90 for the age group of 60 to 69, 152, 50 to 59. Um, the 40 to 49 is, again, 159. So there seems to be in that age group uh, what I would consider myself to be a little bit older than. Uh, they, they're pretty consistent as far as the, 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 uh, the, the uh, new cases that are being reported. 30 to 39, same thing, um, and 154 for the 20 to 29. Here again, you're going to see the highlight of that blue bar, and those are uh, folks that are 19 and younger. So, um, again, this is one of the more dramatic slides that we've seen emerge as a result of the strain that's now affecting us, and we hopefully, because of the peak holiday season, we'll be working our way out of there. have certainly been many reports about that, and we hope that that trend continues and we see fewer cases uh, and a trend downward. Next slide. This is looking at the, the three, the, basically the three communities that, 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 that including Methuen, the community, uh, communities on either side of us with Haverhill and, 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 and Lawrence, and looking at the uh, posit- positive diagnoses, positive cases, the last 14 days, and the positivity rate. And if you look at the gray bar, you'll see on the far right, Methuen is at a, uh, uh, cases of, of just under, we talked about the numbers, under, under uh 3,000, and the um, Haverhill is about on par. And that's pretty much, as I've seen it, be the, the case throughout the, the tracking of, of the disease. In Lawrence, where there is a higher percentage of uh, unvaccinated, you'll see that the positive uh, cases are much higher. And um, I know that the public health officials among all three communities are working together because this virus knows no boundaries uh, between municipalities. And so the better part of Fighting this thing is done together, and that's what's being demonstrated, and we hope that we see the numbers go down for all three communities. Um, as far as the positivity rates, again, Lawrence is high at 42.59% positivity rate, and Haverhill and Methuen, uh, though still troubling, are much lower, uh, with Haverhill at 25.63% and Methuen at 31.4%. So we still need to, uh, and we'll continue to be vigilant and make sure that 
that we're doing everything we can from a public health and a municipal uh, administration standpoint to be fighting this pandemic on all fronts. Go to the next slide. This is, uh, this is uh, COVID-19 report as of, of January, Wednesday, January 19th. This is the new cases versus the total cases since the reporting began. And in Methuen, we talked about 2,760 new cases um, with, uh, uh, in, in, in Methuen, uh, 3,623 new cases in Lawrence and 1,334 cases, new cases in Haverhill. Uh, the, the, the numbers need to come down, and, and the only way we're going to do that, in addition to what the public health experts are saying, is by each one of us individually taking on responsibility to, to be vigilant, following the, the rules, vaccinations, boosters, masking up, and distancing. Um, when you look at the, 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 the sad numbers of the, as the positive cases over the life of uh, the duration thus far of, of reporting of the COVID cases, and we've had in Methuen over 14,100 cases uh, in Lawrence, uh, 33,300 cases, and in, in Haverhill, 15,551. So the, 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 to use the, the red flag, if you look at the red flag numbers in Methuen, we do need to be better, and uh, we hope we are getting better and working harder at, uh, collectively at getting those numbers down, those new positive rates down, and hopefully that'll be, uh, we'll see that in the, coming, in the coming weeks, in the coming days, now that we've passed the holiday peak season. Uh, next, next, uh, next slide. Uh, this is a little bit of a busy slide, but it, it gives you um, what the statewide. This is the uh, uh, vaccination uh, rates, and this is called the vaccine vaccine equity initiative. And this is a way to get everybody, in, no matter what municipality, uh, as as close to the state average and above as you possibly can. Uh, and here in Methuen, as of January 11th, the the uh, vaccination rate. Uh, was at 67.7%. Now that is up against the state rate of 77.2%. That's fully vaccinated individuals. That's the, the columns on the right, the far right. As far as those that have received the first dose, uh, the numbers are getting better, 75% for Methuen residents versus 89.7%. So there is still too wide a gap that I know that uh, uh, folks are working on to get that number higher and get, get everybody vaccinated and boosted, and that's the surest way that we're going to fight this disease and succeed at fighting it for permanently. Um, next slide. This is just a, a, a letting you know that the testing is available at the Methuen Family Health Center at 147 Pelham Street, which is just down the street from these studios, and those are the hours. Uh, Monday through Friday, 1 to 6 p.m., and then on Saturday mornings from 9 to 1 p.m. So uh, you can find their number and, and, and uh, make arrangements to be, to be tested um, at that location. Uh, these next slide, I don't believe, is up on the screen. It might be. Yes, it is. Thank you for the team here at MCTV for getting that up. These are sort of some of the, the global numbers, and these are very dramatic numbers um, as far as the total number of cases this is updated. This is um, updated as of the 13th of, of January, and the total number of cases is over 317 million cases, um, with 5,515,258 deaths, um, and the total vaccination doses are 9,544,000. Nine, nine, excuse me, nine. Billion five hundred and forty-four million three hundred fifty-six thousand three hundred seventeen. Um, 
So that's a tremendous number, though that includes all the doses that were administered. So that would be for someone who received a first and a second dose, two doses. Um, as far as the last 28 days, which again is pretty much reflected in the Omicron, uh, the Omicron surge, uh, the total number of cases is 44,936,589 globally, uh, and deaths in the last 28 days globally is 182,285, far too high a number. And uh, as far as the, the 28 day, uh, last 28 days for vaccine doses administered, 924,114,664. So I think the rate of vaccination is increasing, which is an encouraging sign. So the trends are going in the right way in terms of what we are doing to battle the disease and, uh, by way of the, the vaccinations and the boosters. Important numbers to look at. So with that, I'm going to close the slides and um, take an opportunity to again welcome officially our guest for this, uh, for this uh, show. Uh, I, as I said, a young entrepreneur um, who is in business in Methuen. We're going we're to talk a little bit about his family here in Methuen and his business, but I'd like to welcome Shadi Cassis. Thank welcome, you. Shadi. Thank you so much for having me. It's a thank, thank you for, for being on. I apologize that the mayor is not here to interview you, uh, uh, so uh, you have to put up with the pinch hitting that I'm doing. So, um, but uh, uh, thank you again for being here. So, so, so tell me and tell uh, the viewers a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, my name is Shadi Cassis. I'm 24 years old. I graduated from Methuen High School, um, and I'm currently part owner of SK Auto Body. My father had established the business, um, and I sort of got, took over. So I became a licensed appraiser as soon as I turned 18. Um, the first chance I got, I went out and I took the classes, um, and then I eventually became a licensed appraiser in order to gain the, as much knowledge as I can to be able to run a successful collision center. So, so this is a critical part of your success oh, on, the, on, the, on, on managing the auto body shop. Yes, and- because that really controls, like, the pricing of everything. You know what I mean? Like, when I was young, I always used to tell my dad, I'd tell him, let me do some body work. Let me learn. Like, it looks so cool, but he would never really want me to learn that aspect of the business. He'd rather want me to learn um, how to run the business, and that's extremely crucial for a body shop as the appraiser himself. Well, so how long has SK been in business? So my father established it in 1998. So going on 25 years, yes. 24 years. Yes. That's terrific. Um, 1998, he came from, from the homeland, um, and he sort of worked at a company at a different body shop. And then once he finally got comfortable enough, he was able to open up his own shop. And homeland being Lebanon. Of course, Lebanon, yes, sir. And, and t- t- so talk a little bit about the business itself, the type of you know, what yeah. range of services and products and, that sure, you provide sure. to the community? Absolutely. So we are a collision center located. We're actually very close to the Merrimack Golf Course in Tripoli's. Um, you can't miss us. We're actually in a residential area. There's a bunch of American flags right in front of our uh, shop. And what we do is we do anything from detailing your car all the way up to a full restoration. Um, we also do our main thing is the collision repair, right? So let's say you get into an accident. Um, you bring it to me, and we take care of the rest. We have eight highly trained employees there, um, and that's what we do. We love doing it. All my guys are extremely, extremely. Um, so, and I imagine involved with that is a lot of customer service where you're managing, Absolutely. particularly if it involves insurance companies, which nobody likes to deal with, no. right? No. So you, you, and your family and your colleagues, they, you, you deal, you walk. The customers yes. through that process to make yeah. it easier for them? So when my father opened the business, his number one priority was always to 
provide the best customer service. Mm-hmm. So that's how our business was built on. That's what we were built on. We are structured around customer service. My customers come first. And getting into an accident is an extremely stressful situation. So when my customer brings a car to my shop, that's it. I don't want them to stress out about a single thing. I take care of everything from the rental car being at the facility all the way to dealing with the insurance company because we all know it's a hassle, um, all the way to when the car is done. I don't call them until the car is ready. I give them updates, but I never let them handle any situations. I handle all of it. Um, and that's really the goal because it's stressful getting into an accident, you know, especially if it's a big one, you got to get it towed over and it's just such a hassle. So I like to be prepared and I like to have all my customers have the best experience. Well, that's great. I, you know, it's, I have, having been involved in one or two myself, yes. um, I know how stressful it can be, um, but it's, it's good to know. And I would think that having, being a family owned business yeah. and managed by the family gives customers a comfort level because they know they're not dealing with some corporate entity that exists somewhere else and that we're dealing with the folks who own and manage and care for and live. Absolutely. Right? And, and, right? So, and that's, that's the, you know, I, I, the economic development director for the mm-hmm. city. So my job, a large chunk of it is to help promote economic development and, and yes. promote business growth here in the city in a sustainable way so that it is, it's a welcome addition to the community where uh, residents are feel that th- that the addition of a business will help them because mm-hmm. it'll provide a service, but also it'll expand the tax base and, you know, provide some relief for the residential taxpayers by expanding that economic pie. That's a major agenda item for, for Mayor Perry. And it seems to me, you know, we, we have a tendency to, to think of business as being big business. Absolutely. But the backbone of this country's economy, mm-hmm. and it's no exception here in Methuen, is the, is, is the small business. So what yes. do we call you here? The mom and pop, right? Absolutely. So, so you're a mom and pop and son, yes. right? That's right. That's so, <laughs> so, uh, and and people don't realize just the impact that small businesses have on on the on the as far as the strength of the economy. So, um, Methuen's lucky to have you in, in that, Thank and have had you. Obviously, being here for as many years, a quarter of a century almost, of course, uh, is an indication of how much of a valued asset yes. you are. And um, and so with that, you know, you mentioned how you you're in a in a um, and been established for quite a long time, um, and you're in a location that you're, you, you're very successful at. Um, but I imagine the changing dynamic of the, 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 the economy in the last 25 years and the nature of auto body work because of technology yes. has changed and shifted, uh, I imagine, from quite fundamentally oh, yeah. in the last 20 years, right? Yeah. So talk a little bit about how you guys have adapted and what you see down the road for sure. companies like yours that are, that are in this kind of business? Sure. So, honestly, first and foremost, when the pandemic had first happened, right, that was a huge learning point for us, right? Because as soon as the pandemic happened, I started noticing that the customers, in the beginning, they were a bit scared to, you know, bring their cars to my facility, you know, just because they don't want the human interaction, obviously, with the COVID being new and all. Um, so what I did was I developed a software on our website where you could actually request a free estimate online rather than come into my shop. Um, and sort of, so we, what we wanted to do was kind of do an uh, experience where they don't have to interact with, the, with me if they don't want to or with a, a person at the shop, um, just to, for their own safety, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and that was really the goal, is really just to adapt. So we're constantly upgrading, staying on the social media, trying to get the word out there, um, and just adapting and going with the flow and just 
learning as much as we can. All my technicians are actually, they take courses. I pay for courses so they could constantly learn about the new equipment. Um, and we're always trying to grow and we're always trying to learn as much as we can. I always like doing things for the community, sort of meeting new people. That's my number one thing um, because it really helps me. It helps me out. You know, I'm a young guy, so I, I have a lot more to learn. You know, I'm not a closed-minded person. I, I'm, I'm always open to uh, meeting new people and learning new things everywhere in every aspect of the business. It certainly seems like your father and guiding you to, yes. to pick up the management side of the business and understand that he certainly made a – it was it was sound advice for you for him to give and for you to follow. Obviously, you being able to respond so effectively to the concerns people had over the pandemic by looking at applications online. I mean, that's really being ahead of the curve. And yes, it it, it it certainly he found a way. I mean, and the most successful family businesses have been multi generational, right? Yes. So it seems like you guys are really serving as a model as how to do something that is you know everybody's familiar with auto body work, right? Mm-hmm. Because everybody who drives has probably had some reason, unfortunately, to be to have some body work, auto body work yeah. done, and yet you've, you've, you've identified and seen where there are so many different areas, again, driven by the pandemic in part, where you can improve your customer service experience. And, you know, I, wanted, I want to touch on that a little bit because you did mention about giving back or working with the community. I, you shared with me a story before we went live about um, your, your, your work while you were in high school. So you've obviously got a, a, yes. a, you know, a long history and a commitment to community and to doing the right thing. And I, can you share that story with us? And I know you mentioned, in the interest of disclosure, Ryan Hamilton, who's the yes. mayor's executive yeah. assistant, um, it was, was, it was, was part of what you did. And, uh, and if you can share that story, I think that's a great story for yeah. residents. Yeah, yeah. so um, Ryan and I were good buddies in high school, right? And so he came to me, I think it was the last week of Breast Cancer Month, and he comes to me, he says, Shadi, we need to raise some money. So I said, all right. So we come up with these pink T-shirts where it says tough enough to wear pink. Um, and every single day, it was like four days or five days, I would be right under the stairs, and I would just be trying to sell as much shirts as possible. And we did a great job, believe it or not. Within those four days, we raised over $3,000 in those small days. So, you know, anything I can to give back to the community, I'm always doing so. Um, recently, actually, we just did an event, you know, about the new retirement home in front of the Merrimack Golf Course. Yes. And we did an event there. Me and my team, we went over there. We bought a bunch of Tripoli's pastries. We bought coffee. We kind of just hung out with the people and just um, spent some time with them. And it was really cool. And we even brought Dexter, our dog. Oh, And they loved it. (laughs) That's a great story. So that 3000 that you raised when you were in high school, that was among high school students. Yes. So we don't don't walk around with wads of cash in there. No, no, no. Right? So that's, yeah. quite a, that's quite an accomplishment. And I think yeah. that, uh, you know, it, it was, when you told me the story, I'm like, wow, that's very striking for a young guy to have done that at yeah. such a young age. And I know, I know Ryan to, to, to do that and, and to know that he was able to get that, that support yeah. from you to do that was a great thing. So it, it, do you see things changing for the business, changing in terms of your approach to, to managing in the post-pandemic? Or I don't know if you call it a post-peri-pandemic. We'll probably always live with this. <laughs> This disease, anyway, yeah. um, in some measure, do, do you see it? What do you see it evolving in terms of what you've seen in the last two years? There've been, you know, major upheavals in the way we so, interact from a commerce standpoint. So How does that affect your world? So one of the most one big effect right now is the supply chain, right? So let's say prior to the pandemic, if I wanted to order a bumper, it would be there in probably a day or two. Now certain cars, I mean, if it's a newer car, parts won't show up to to a week, to two weeks, sometimes they're back-ordered. Um, so my parts manager has really 
adapted to that situation. We've gotten in contact with different warehouses across the country. You know, if our local warehouse doesn't have it, we'll reach out to warehouses across the country, just whoever has the part, because it's a tough situation right now that we're dealing with, with the supply chain. And so I really don't like when a car just sits in the back or, you know what I mean? It just sits. So we adapt to it. Um, and even if we have to pay for the customer's rental, sometimes um, in certain situations we will because I got to make sure that the customer is happy. Customer's but happy. my clients have been extremely understanding um, and it's been moving fairly smoothly. But we unfortunately we do run into that problem. You know, you, you mentioned the supply chain. We've Anybody that follows the news and reads the yeah. newspaper, you know that it's affecting us globally. And Absolutely. one of the major concerns about the economy is inflation. And mm-hmm. it sounds to me like you pay particular attention to making sure that the customer satisfaction yes. level is maintained. Of and course. It has to include everything, not just price, but also service. And it mm-hmm. sounds to me like you're, you, you and your family have, have – have sort of unlocked the key yeah. to making sure you can keep your customers happy and satisfied. Yeah, that's that 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 that's terrific. I, I you know I I um in my capacity as the economic development director, my job in charge by the mayor and the council is to again create help create jobs. Now, absolutely, that typically is you know is is a, a, a challenge in terms of finding companies that we recently had a company that actually located right now across the street from us here at the studios, um, a company that is a small manufacturer, uh, family-owned business yep. like yours, and they were looking to, to relocate and found themselves with really unable to find a suitable location for, for their – they were expanding. They were mm-hmm. expanding from uh, about 90 employees to 140 employees, so a big expansion, wow. and yet they were couldn't find anything with them. We were able to partner with them to find a new location, and they're going to be moving up on 28 nice. um, and, and, and going into and investing over $2 million in a, wow. in a, in a long, vacant facility. So it's, it's, a, it's a double benefit to the city because the company's staying, they're growing, yeah. uh, employees, new employees, that means they're, 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 they're having lunch, breakfast, you know, so they're, yeah. um, but it's also revitalizing a, a blighted property. So it's, it's great. But so with, with my charge, it's about creating, creating jobs. But the flip side of that is, in the pandemic, there's been a problem with trying to retain workers. Do yeah. you find that has been a problem for your company? For so right now, thank God. I mean, I have a pretty solid team. Um, How many know, employees do you have? Right now, we have seven employees. You do? Then eight, including me. Um, and so at first, it was a little bit tough because we didn't have as much cars that we wanted to get repaired that that would come to the shop. And so... I had to, I mean, I was out there getting as much work as possible, not even to make profit, but rather break even just so I could at least support my employees, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because that's seven tables they got to feed. So it was a little bit nerve wracking, but I mean, I, I didn't sit down. I mean, I went out there and I did everything I can just to get some business. And then thank God, come May, we picked a little bit back up and we we're good. But no, we haven't really had an issue. We've been a fairly consistent team that we've had. Um, I can understand why with the, what you just yes. described is recognizing that there was a seven, seven, seven families to feed, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Seven employees. And that's, that's, uh, you don't see that as often anymore, unfortunately. I think you see it very often among smaller businesses. Yes. And, but, you know, larger corporate entities, there seems to be an insensitivity that yeah. hopefully is changing with, in light of what's happened in the last couple of years yeah. where we've come together as a society sharing this burden together. But it's very encouraging to hear you. Yeah, hear and you one of the, I mean, employees. So people that have shortage of employees right now it would be insurance companies. That's what we've been struggling with. So 
um, you know, the insurance companies to come look at a car. So rather than taking three to four days right now, I mean, I have we have cars sometimes that wait a couple of weeks because they just don't have employees. So these so, it is. so that's affecting going, you in a very that different is, way. Absolutely, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's we're just beginning to see some of the statistics of what the last two years have done. Yeah. that are going to take quite a bit of time to sort of, you know, right the ship on. Yes, and and um, yeah, we don't. Nobody has all the answers. If we did, we wouldn't probably be sitting here, right? But um, I think what it takes is it takes is a, a commitment from all the stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And I view Methuen like all municipalities as a, as an engine, right? Methuen is a it's a it's an economic engine, it's Absolutely. a social engine, a cultural engine, uh, around which people identify, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the stakeholders are residents, they're business people, uh, they're service providers, and for it to all work, it all needs to come together, and and it and it, and it requires um, an identification with the community, which I think is one of the most attractive attributes of Methuen. People very much here in the city identify with being a Methuenite, right? Identify Absolutely. with being uh, a resident of Methuen or business owner of Methuen, and, and it actually drills down even more. We talk about the East End. We talk about the West. We talk about, right, Pleasant Valley. So there's, there's very much an identification mm-hmm. uh, with um, the neighborhood and, and the community you're from. And I, that certainly seems to have been something that characterizes your 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 life here, right? Yeah. You're you're in your family's life here. Um, so, as far as the the, um, uh, the the neighborhood in which you're in, I met you've been there a long time. You know the neighbors. It sounds like you do all the right things in welcoming the new the new tenants at the at, the, at the retirement home. Uh, that's terrific stuff. In fact, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, taking mental notes as to how I can get you serving on maybe one or more of the boards in the city yeah. where we need quality. And uh, and uh, hard hard charging, Absolutely. enthusiastic, conscientious okay. residents to serve the city. Um, I think the city would be, be be very fortunate to have you serving on a board. Not that it sounds like you've got the time to do that <laughs> with everything you've got going with the business, yes. but I think that um, the, the best communities, when they operate well, of are course. doing it with all the pistons running. To use an automotive, if I yes. may, an automotive metaphor. All pistons running with everybody recognizing that we all do well together. Absolutely, we all go in the same. We work in the same direction. So, um, so have you? Is there any? Is there any advice you would give to either potential? You know, somebody gets in an accident or somebody uh, to prevent themselves. What are, are there any common sort of things you see that? Wow, that could have been prevented. That could have been avoided. You know, and then I got a follow up to that. About, <laughs> you know. Accident is called an accident for for a reason. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, it really depends on the car, right? So if you have a front-wheel drive car, it's it's a little bit, you just really got to be careful when you're driving, especially in the black ice. That's because that's the worst part. Like one of my employees actually was dropping off um, his wife to the airport at 4 in the morning. It was that other day when we had that big rainstorm. Yes. And, you know, he said there was nothing on the road, but he went to a little stop and his car spun out on the highway and behind him he noticed i mean three four other cars that got into an accident as well so you really can't underestimate the the black ice you really need to drive with caution anytime there's a cooler temperature and it's raining because you know how it is there was another day i believe it was christmas eve it may have been when it was all ice or christmas morning it was christmas actually yes remember that yes i do yes (laughs) the first step i took outside i almost fell um but black ice, man, that's really what our most accidents come from, right, around this time of year is the black ice. 
Um, and definitely no texting while driving either because that caused Well, and that, and that was my follow-up question. Obviously, distracted driving is yes. a major problem in the and, – and, um, you know, so how do we, how do we um, – do you, do you find the industry, the auto, auto – maybe not because you, it's like a dentist saying you should not chew candy, right? Yeah. But is, is the industry itself do anything to say, you know, offer guidelines? And to, to, I think about – this is the follow-up – young drivers, right? You see that, they, yes. you know, I, and I was one myself one time and got an accident that yeah. was – my father's mind – this day, God rest his soul, he thought I could have avoided, but right? as much as I protested. <laughs> That's how it always is. <laughs> right. But is there anything out there that, you, that, that uh, by way of education or things that, that the industry itself engages in to, to help people avoid sending you business? Uh, you know? <laughs> not really, right? So, not really. You know, it's just like, exactly, just like you said, like the dentist telling you not to chew candy. I mean, customers always have, have a tendency to look down at their phone, even if it's for a split second, but that little split second could create an actual accident. Um, so that's really the tough part is you just really got to be careful when you're driving. You know, maybe put on some snow tires. That always helps as well. So all, you know, the, all those tires. tires. I had a feeling you might be a little <laughs> bit reluctant to offer that. Not that you want anybody to get an accident, but I wouldn't know the, uh, the automotive industry. I was actually looking online to see if there might have been any, any – I know that the mayor, uh, when he's, he's here on the show, he, he will refer to the – to the Facebook account, and I seem to have had it go offline on me. I don't know if there's. Let me see if it's um, See if there are any questions that come in, and I welcome anybody who's watching to call and ask uh, any questions or offer thoughts or comments. I had it when I well, when the show began. Bear with me. I'm going to see if I can. Oh, may have to come in another time. My colleagues who learned this afternoon that I'd be coming on the show joked with me that uh, they were going to perhaps set me up with some loaded questions. But uh, So one of the questions here, I have a live over here, is are parts more expensive due to the pandemic? Um, and to answer your question, yes, they are a little bit more expensive. Um, everything really has gone up in this industry. Paint, clear coat, um, and obviously, you know, due to many different things that have affected that um, so parts definitely have gone up, crucially. Um, clear coat for, the, for your vehicle, that's all gone up. So hopefully we could maintain that and keep it a little bit lower. Um, but that's, that's some of the minor issues that we're going through. But if you're going through insurance, usually that's not an issue um, because they cover it. To, to that point, let me ask you this. Um, Shadi, do you think, you know, there's been a lot of people grousing. My wife and I just had yeah. a garage doors replaced and yeah. delayed we just decided to hold off, and mm-hmm. in holding off, it, it happened during the surge, and yes. the garage doors uh, cost another a couple of thousand dollars more wow. to be installed. And we were going to wait, and we said, "No, just wait." And the, the, what we discussed internally was, like, you know, is this is it really driven by costs associated with the supply chain? I think there's an element to that, but is there also an element that there's an op- you know the, the less scrupulous. Uh, business folks out there that might be sort of, well, again, this is my opportunity to charge more money and I'll do it. Do you find that or do you not? So, do you think it's really legit so, driven by the... So here's an issue, and not necessarily my company, but certain companies that deal with is the wages are going up, right? So minimum wage has gone up. Do you know what the Massachusetts minimum wage is? Maybe around like 16 or 17? Um, 
So it's it's gone up, right? So with that going up, now other companies are like, shoot, I need to pay my employee a little bit more in order for them to stay. Um, so when a company's expenses increase, most likely, well, obviously, they're going to have to increase their prices in order to be able to afford that. Sorry about that. I just tuned into it's our okay. show. <laughs> So you don't think that, and, and, and essentially that it that it's it's um, uh, that it's that is. I mean, so there's, there's, I can't more speak of for it other has companies. To do with the fact that their costs yes. are legitimately going. Up. Yes, but when when the costs are legitimate, like McDonald's, right? They have to pay their employees in Massachusetts. I think sixteen or seventeen dollars an hour. So, so so the cost of every so exactly. everything has to go up. So you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a chain. Tell me, I want to go back a little bit about how you came about, because I think you, you provide some inspiration to younger folks. I don't know that they're, they're watching today, but this yes. runs on, 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 uh, on a, re- a recording over, the, over a Absolutely. period of time. And I, and I just wondered, because of, you know, you've obviously impressed me with the, the, your, your, your young entrepreneurial spirit, yes. but if there's something that you would offer to young people, um, as someone who's kind of, you've almost come of age as a, as a, as a young adult, a young professional, yes. Uh, during the age of pan, uh, the pandemic, and uh, what what advice would you give to someone who's in college now, or maybe in high school looking to go into college yeah. as they face this new world as we're coming out of it? There's no wrong answer to that. I just wanted to ask. One you. of my biggest advices is you can't expect new results by doing the same thing over and over again, right? And so, I mean, I've always wanted to be able to run this business, right? And so I constantly, I, I would say, what can I do today? that I didn't do yesterday, right? Because if I constantly learn more and just have an open mind and, and just really develop and just learn as much as I can, that's how I get newer, uh, different results, right? So if I constantly do the same thing every single day, but, but I want this, it's not going to happen, right? So I, I, you really got to have an open mind, change the way you think, really, and just go after it, really. That's the number one thing is I worked, as soon as I turned 18, I went out there and I... I went to school for the, to become a licensed appraiser. I was even in college at that point as well. So all the calls were connected directly to my cell phone. So I'd go into class, and I'd get out, and I'd have 10 missed calls right away. So I'd be like, oh, my God, now i got to call every single customer. So it was tough at first. It really was adapting to the workflow that, that I had. I mean, I had an abundance of work. All my friends would be partying in college, and I'd be sitting in the shop learning how to paint, or I'd be painting with one of my employees, or I'd be working on my numbers. Um, we'll see where they are in 10 years and where you are e- in 10 Exactly, years, and, that's, and that's really what I looked at. Now, don't get me wrong, I'd stop by my buddies' colleges every <laughs> once in a while, um, but I'd, I, my lifestyle was a little bit different than your average college student. Um, and it sounds to me like, though, you had the encouragement and the support of your dad, you mentioned, but it was yes. really your initiative to go ahead and say, Dad, we need to... We, I need to become an appraiser. We need to sort yeah. of be able to do more than we're currently doing. And yeah. that sounds like it, it was your idea. Yeah. Right? Um, and, it, and that's really what I did. So I kind of just, we have social media now, right? It's something that we didn't have before. We updated our website. Um, so we just kind of did things to adapt to what's going on nowadays. You should check out our, our promo videos. Well, we have, why, don't you, we, why don't you tell us what the website is? So oh, yeah. It's skautobody.com. Or you could go on our Facebook and our Facebook is just simply SK Autobody. We have some funny promo videos we've put up there. There's one of a talking deer on there, um, so you should check it out too. I'll, later I, will, on. <laughs> I, will, I will do that. Well, it's been it's um, really been, been a real pleasure to have you on, you. and and I um, 
I'm inspired by your your uh, your your enthusiasm and your wisdom beyond your years, absolutely, uh, and your commitment here in the city of Methuen. Obviously, that you and your family have had for a long time, and hopefully, will have for a long time to come. It makes uh, uh, I was a sur- surprise to me that I was asked to come at the last minute to come be a, uh, to host the show today. But uh, I'm, I'm I'm fortunate for having done it because now. Uh, when I tell you that I now know how to reach you to find out how to Absolutely. get you involved with some of the some of the the city related things, I mean, if I could, I'll take a minute, and it, it's a good way to dovetail onto so in the next segment of the show, which is um, really about some of the upcoming events that are happening and some of the some of the things that are going on in city government that we we're constantly looking for input on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have the mayor has has, has probably gone uh, accomplished more with the council support in the last two years with regard to commissions and board appointments. You know, the city is, uh, to know anything about city government, you know that there are many boards that, that have um, a greater or lesser degree authority on, on some of the affairs that are very important to the city. Um, for example, as a, um, uh, um, if you, uh, if you're a liquor license or a restaurant that you're licensed yes. and there are, the licensing board issues the, the, the licenses for that, for that business, um, the, uh, if you're looking to do a residential development or a commercial development, we have a community development, otherwise known as a planning board. It's made up of residents, uh, citizens, um, and and the zoning board, which enforces all the zoning regulations, making sure people are doing business and operating the way they should be. Those are all, there are the professionals that work in City Hall, but much of the hard work and much of the policy making and the policy implementation is done at the board level. And I know that the mayor has in the past here encouraged residents to, to uh, submit an application to the, what we call the talent bank on the city's website, which is cityofmethuen.net. And I think it's worthwhile, after your being here, to, 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 to reemphasize that that's very important. It's not easy to volunteer your time. Um, and uh, it's certainly something that's appreciated. And uh, it's critically important. People don't have a t- t- tendency, don't really think about mm-hmm. Licensing board, historic district commission, the the, uh, the the community development board, or any one of the other conservation commission that really affect how Methuen is in terms of the businesses that call it home, in terms of the, the fabric of the of, of the community and the residences in the neighborhoods, and it's critically important. So to get people like you who have been um, uh, you know sort of high charging out of the gate, committed to the community in a way that isn't driven just by your simply being a business person. It's in your it's in your DNA. Yes, I think it's important for folks to take that as an example and find it in themselves to to figure out a way to to to, to provide some help, to provide some support to the city. For my part, the, the economic development department uh, oversees the historic district commission. Uh, well, I should say oversee it. We we staff it. The the historic, the historic district commission members oversee that commission over that district. Um, the, the Community Development Board and um, the Conservation Commission all come under my department, but I'm just one department. There are several other departments with other uh, uh, commissions. And um, the, 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 key, the key message that I'd want to send, and in part because you were here today, is that if you are committed to the community in a way that you have the time to devote to being a member of a board, being a member of a commission, and virtually all of them are volunteer, um, and don't pay anything. So it really has to be born out of a homegrown commitment. Um, and I would encourage you to do it. Um, it's, yeah. it's really something that uh, makes a big difference. And uh, 
It's been harder to do in the pandemic for the very reasons you've talked about the challenges facing SK Auto Body, and that is you, you, people don't want to interact personally. You know, here we are mm-hmm. socially distanced and, exactly. and likely remain that way, for, unfortunately, unfortunately for, yeah. for, for the short term anyway until we get through this, this surge. But I would, I would make a pitch again before we ended the day in this, in this, um, this show to, to, to encourage people to do that and, and ask them to uh, log on to the website and, 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 and look and see where they might find an interest and put their name in for, for, the, for the, the talent bank. Um, I would like to also talk a little bit about some of the uh, upcoming events that are happening. We have in my department, uh, there is, um, as you come down on Charles Street from the center of town, from Gaunt Square, there is a wall that's being replaced. It's a historic wall. This is one of the elements of Methuen that is one of the most uh, tremendous assets is, is the historical uh, architecture and, and, and um, infrastructure that exists. Here's a... Here's a Basically, a bridge abutment. It's a, it's a, it's a, into the hill, and yeah. it's. You wouldn't think that it's like, well, it's it needs to be repaired. It's an awful need to repair, and yet there's a whole project underway to get it done because of its historical significance. And we want to make sure that if, as as Methuen is a city of walls, right, yeah. that those walls, as they do need to be repaired and replaced, that they're done in a way that maintains the historical integrity of the, of the city. So that's that's coming up actually next Tuesday. It'll be on MCTV. Carried it's a Zoom meeting, but it'll be carried live on MCTV um, with our um, historic district commission participating. But a, a presentation. So, um, yeah, we're going to continue on as as far as the the city is concerned, doing what we can to promote economic development, to to support, to create, to promote. We have a New Balance, the the the, the shoe factory outlet, the sneaker factory outlet, the sneaker factory yeah. um, is uh, in the process of. They've just completed the construction of a new facility, a state-of-the-art factory. They call it the factory of the future on Lowell Boulevard going out towards Lowell, towards Drakeit, um, and they're about to go live, and they, they've invested uh, several million dollars. They're going to be creating jobs, and that's important for Methuen to attract new businesses, and I can't claim any credit for doing that. That happened before I arrived here, but um, it's important for Methuen to do, as we talked about, create new jobs, attract new business, but it is vitally important. And I keep saying this since I've been here, and I know that that's, it, it, it existed prior to my arrival. We need to make sure we're, we're taking care of and nurturing the businesses that are already here. Of course. And we think of SK, and we think of a lot of other businesses that have been around for 25 years, some of them 50, 75 Absolutely. years. And we want to make sure that we, we, don't, we continue to foster an environment where those businesses are welcome and will continue to remain welcome, and if they need to grow, can grow here. So... It's really been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for and having I, me. And, and uh, it's been a, it made my task here easy. You've been a, a great guest, and I, I yes. hope uh, we're able to, to follow up at some point and Absolutely. maybe get you into to City Hall and we can talk about some, some opportunities for you to serve and, and, uh, and get involved in a, in a yeah. way that I think would be certainly to the, to the city's benefit. Um, uh, with that, I don't know that there's really much more we have to talk about today. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. And um, really appreciate the opportunity to stand in for the mayor. I think it's safe to say his job is safe. Um, and I don't think that Jay Leno or Jimmy Kimmel or Stephen <laughs> Colbert have anything to worry about with my performance here today. Uh, but I appreciate the opportunity to come and join with all of you this afternoon and, and look forward to seeing you again. I've been here before, but on the other side, 
where, 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 where Shaddy is, and I hope that if I'm back on the show again, it's over there again, and I'll leave this job to the mayor. So thank you all very much again for joining us. Thank you.